Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 30 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Betley. It's been a couple of weeks. We've been waiting for the big 3-0. I think it's been about three. It has, and there's been a lot of football in that time. Well, I'll tell you what, because I came back from Cyprus two weeks ago and we podded before I went to Cyprus. So it's been nearly four nearly weeks. Nearly four, yeah. Wow. What have our listeners been doing with themselves? Well, that is the question. Um, obviously, we did a little teaser last night on Instagram, didn't we? We did. I'm very impressed with my general knowledge. It was not too shabby. Um, so instead of like going over the whole of the last four weeks, we're going to go over like three of the main stories that have happened over the last four weeks or four stories that have developed we're going to start with something that happened in the England game uh, which was the racism towards Danny Rowe uh, towards Raheem Sterling and was it Danny Rose that was playing that game as well yeah um, and Sterling sort of handling of the situation and all that sort of stuff so we'll start with that um, how do you think that England dealt with it? How do you think Sterling dealt with it? And um, how do you think FIFA have dealt with it? Um, my initial reaction to it was obviously one of disappointment because it's such a like it's such an something that you just can't get your head around. Um, but what sort of added to it for me is that Montenegro as a nation has no history of racism in football. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, it came out of nowhere, really. And just a bit disappointing from from what people said after the game. It was sort of, sort of constant throughout. Um, for players like Danny Rose, it's not the first time that he's been subject to it in Eastern Europe. There's quite a, a notorious England under-21 fixture where, I think it was in Slovakia or Slovenia, where they ended up getting fined like 12 grand by UEFA or something. Yeah. Which is like a pitiful amount of money. Like, finding the finding the governing body like a sum of money doesn't really do anything. Yeah, I agree. Um because that that whole thing of like finding that governing body doesn't have an impact on any of the people that go and watch the game so that and it's the people that are watching the game as fans in inverted commas that are the ones like saying all these horrible things to these footballers obviously we're talking for for people that listen to this and have absolutely no idea what we look like which isn't many people but still are people you're talking to two medium sized what uh, white blokes? Yeah, that one, pasty Caucasian. Yeah, exactly. We'll so with. I mean, we we have absolutely no idea what it's like most of the time to to go through life without like being abused or having this sort of, sort of like um, this like thing hanging over your life. If Someone that's... made a really good point, and I can't remember who it was, but they said. Um, People who are racist at football matches aren't just racist at football matches. Yeah. So it's not that like, like they need like that that whatever is causing them to be racist is the root of the problem. Like the football isn't really the the issue. It's a sort of a wider society. Well, it's thing. Ne- it's never like it's never like, um, the the racism is never like, 
specifically towards I mean especially stuff that we see in the Premier League this season it's never specifically towards something that they've done so like none of those players have come out and like said something that could be perceived as hateful they've just like people have just literally gone to the game they like, get annoyed the team's losing don't they yeah and it's just the one or I mean I'm not trying to justify it at all uh, and there was the incident sort of a week or so after is he called Kian is that how you yeah, pronounce Kian. it where like he sort of similar to Sterling but a lot closer to the fan like the selection of fans that were doing it but then his manager and his captain came out and didn't defend him they yeah, like, it's madness. Cri- they like criticised him, saying it was his own fault that he got racially abused. Well, for for people that haven't seen that, what happened was throughout the whole game, Keane was systematically abused, like racially abused from min- from whatever minute he came onto the pitch. I think he came on as a sub, um, and he scored in the ninety first minute, I think. Yeah, and he stood goal, in front of the was it Torino that they were playing. Um. I've no idea, but that would remember. be a massive derby. Oh, was it Calgary? The... Cal- Cal- One of those teams, anyway. I don't really follow Italian football, because if I wanted to watch defence versus defence... Uh, yeah, that is fair. Um, so whoever it was, he stood in front of their fans and put his arms out wide, and Chiellini and um, the manager, I can't remember the manager's name now. Allegri. Uh, Allegri came out and... Is it Negri or Allegri? I can't remember. Whatever it is. Um, he came out and said basically that um, it was 50-50. Yeah. As if Keane had like stood in front of those fans and he'd put himself in a place to be racially abused. No one puts themselves in a place to be racially abused. Like, I actually quite enjoyed how Sterling reacted to it and his his sort of justification of that which I sort of went along with and I'm quoting here and I might have got a few words wrong but he said it's going to take more than people telling me that I'm black to offend me yeah he um, he actually has come out and had a few good interviews um about this whole situation one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is do you think that if this conti- like if people continue to have the conversation then um, I'm trying to think of how to word this without sounding um, like I'm trying to justify it but like do you think it'll fall further down the pecking order this like the English media has this thing of like if something is constant then it falls down the sort of um, like importance list so instead of it being top news which it was against Montenegro um, Sterling came out and and the the press conference after that, which was before the Manchester City game at that weekend, then the whole Keane thing, it was like huge at the time. But if it keeps rumbling on, do you think it'll become old news or do you think it'll be like? Um, well, I think in the last sort of three or four months, there's been the same, if not more, high profile cases, and there have been in the last five years. Yeah, I can't remember any pre this season. So that for me is, and I feel like the last five years it's become old news. Yes. So I feel like that's not going to happen. Well, in two, I think it was 2010 or 2012, uh, UEFA shut down their task force tackling racism because they said it was job done, even though. I say I can't think of any, but there was definitely international fixtures in Eastern Europe where there was racism, like there was um, monkey chants or um, like bananas being thrown onto the pitch or whatever against like, for example, 
Af- like African nations or predominantly black nations and uh, and UEFA have sort of ignored it and just shut down that task force and I think it's really good that the Premier League have like picked up this like tackle racism thing because I think it will hopefully remind people like before the game to just sort of think twice about what they're going to say I think we're very lucky to live in like the UK it's a very uh, it's a very in general it's a very accepting society like you walk down uh, like Church Street in Liverpool or Bold Street and you'll see many different ethnicities mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's just every day for us and again this is not me trying to justify it but if you go somewhere like in Eastern Europe you don't get that yeah and I'm not saying they're a backwards nation or whatever but they've not had the exposure to the multiculturalism that we get god this is getting deep isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's not why we started this um Look me sat here in my PJs talking yeah. about uh, deep world culture issues. Um, it's it's difficult, and for me, UEFA is like even worse than the footballers. They're like the football association ten years ago. Yeah, like they they well, they are all old blokes who think football's still being played in the good old days. I don't know if you heard this story. I think it was in um, like one of the very low tiers of Irish football. And um, one of their one of the team A, one of team A's players, was racially abused by a team B fan, and um, team A walked off the pitch. Okay, team B got fined. Let's say I can't remember how much it was exactly, but say a thousand pounds for racial abuse and team A got fined £1,050 for walking off the pitch walking off the pitch like what kind of president does that send like it it's just that is absolutely insane and when you look at the fines over the past few years for racial abuse from nations in high profile games like European Championship qualifiers or European Championship games the fines have been woeful well Last night, Cardiff played Brighton, right? Imagine if that's last game of the season, winner stays up. Yeah. And say, one of Cardiff's players gets racially abused, so Cardiff walk off the pitch. Cardiff Mm -hmm. lose the game, get relegated. What will the fine be on Brighton in this hypothetical scenario versus the amount of money Cardiff would miss out on for being relegated? Oh, it would be peanuts. Yeah. It's just, it's like it's scary to think about it though. Like, I saw someone on the other day. I mean, I think when you're talking about racism in terms of like you are literally shouting abuse at someone, I think that like that is so out of order. But I think what's happening at the moment is there's this sort of like thing, this thing bubbling under the surface of like um, people thinking like the media and stuff are. Are become like are racially insensitive, and I think to some extent they are. Like Raheem Sterling has been vindicated by newspapers in the past for like tiny things. Like one of them was he went on an EasyJet holiday, and they were like, "Oh, he's a cheapskate and all this." And then he he went on like a lavish holiday, and they were like, "Oh, he's going on a lavish holiday." It's like I mean, like he, he the can lad literally he can't win. Yeah. Um, but one of the things was that I saw the other day was Phil Foden bought a house for his mum. It was like two million quid, 
And then there was another young black Manchester City player who'd never played a first team game. I can't remember. Is it his the bloke name. that's got the name a little bit like Addy Bayor? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. He bought. He again bought a house, like two million pound house for his man. But the thing was that, like, that for me isn't media racism. Like people have been pointing out, that for me is that this kid has never played first team football. And so, like, to spend two million pound being on twenty five thousand pound a week is utter madness and is more about football as a um as a sport and the sort of like how mad the sport has got in oh, recent yeah. years in terms of money that somebody who has never played a game one first get first team professional game of football and is earning twenty five thousand pound a week like is able to pay like two million pounds for a house like at least well Phil he Ford might have just his... got it on a mortgage he might have not paid all two million of it i mean yeah he might have but the point still stands that like if you're on 25k a week and you've never played a first team game i think that is outrageous madness and so that is what that article's about and i think at the moment like people are spinning it so that it looks like racism but it's not like from in my opinion it's not and i think that this is one thing we have to be careful of otherwise it will fall into that trap of being second tier news like we need to like stamp out this obvious racism and then we can sort of yeah then um get down to like the nitty gritty of it as well this this um the uh, the lad who refs our six aside league. I was having a brief chat with him after one of our games recently, and we were we were just sort of talking about the various levels of respect in in different sports and how mm. like the refs get treated or whatever. I think you can apply this to this as well because you're going to see some young impressionable lads who've watched people get like racially abused on TV and think it's acceptable, yeah. and will then go and do it because it filters from the it, like that filters down. And they because th- they see they're like they're here like they see it happening on TV and nothing really yeah. gets done about it so they're gonna think that it's okay to but maybe ho- go and do it when they go and play. But hopefully with this new like um, sort of the limelight that's been put mm-hmm. on it over the last few weeks, hopefully that is not gonna happen because like if we're still going through the same process, I mean obviously it's much better than it was in like the eighties, but you don't. I mean it's very rare, obviously. Like we say, we're two white blocks, so we we don't necessarily. I'm not. I'm speaking from like a position where uh, I'm not like an expert in it, but like you, I don't see racism every day. Like I don't walk down the street and see someone calling an, another person like a horrible name. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't see that. Um, and I might be wrong. Like people might get abused every day, but. I don't see it in society like you did in the 70s. It's not on the news all the time. Um, so, we have progressed in the last, like, 20 years. But, for some reason, and football has progressed, but for some reason, like, UEFA isn't trying to stamp it out completely. It's like, oh, we've we've done something. And, like, yeah... But you haven't done, you haven't stamped it out completely, and that's the that's the problem at the moment. And I think we do talk from a privileged privileged position because in the Premier League, barring this season in the past five years, how many racial incidents have we had? Yeah, not very many. Not many at all. Not many that have been picked up. I have to say. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting debate, and I'd love to hear people's opinions on it. Um, like over the next 
um, like over the next week or so. And I'm sure it'll be a, gr- a rumbling debate on over the course of the next couple of years. It's not just been uh, in the last couple of weeks. It's not just been black footballers either. Like we've seen the video of Chelsea fans talking yeah. like the song saying that like Salah is a bomber. Yeah, which <laughs> is ridiculous. Well, it's that it's that whole like um, like minority group. Yeah, thing, isn't it? So they we all need voted to for Brexit, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it's all to it's everyone from Sunderland. <laughs> I'm so joking. Jordan I'm joking. Pickford voted for Brexit. Yeah, you saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jordan. If there was one footballer that definitely voted for Brexit, it was Jordan Pickford, wasn't it? Although I don't know. But if he'd his claim little, he'd never do. Don't know something if his like li- little arms would reach the pen. He'd claim he'd never do something like that. He, uh, and yeah, then he would go do it. He would. All right, let's move on then to. Um, you can take your pick. What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the top four or do you want to start with the bottom three? Uh, let's go bottom three next. All right. So in the past few weeks while we've been off air, both Huddersfield and Fulham's relegations have been confirmed. Um, the first thing I want to ask, uh, we'll start with Huddersfield. Um, which players can you see leaving Huddersfield over the next uh, right. four months? There's a member of the Huddersfield squad who's got a World Cup winner's medal. Is there? I want you to see if you can work out who it is. <laughs> what uh, from the last World Cup? No, or from a very old, from an older World Cup. From an older one. So I'm trying to think of the last France. Obviously, won it last time, mm-hmm. which was last year, year before. Yeah, yeah last a couple year. years ago. Um, then. So what what year was it last year? Twenty eighteen. So twenty fourteen was was it that year? Oh bugger. Spain won it in twenty ten. But it wasn't then. <laughs> I'm going through, I'm trying oh, to Oh, can you not remember who, who won? I can't remember who won. Um I d I'm not a big like international <laughs> football hooligan like you, Josh. Um Are you saying I'm a hooligan? I Just to confirm, I wasn't am. in Montenegro three and a half weeks ago. <laughs> He's in Cyprus. Yeah, um, near enough. Tell me who won, and I'll tell Germany. you who the player was. I won't tell you. Was it is Schindler from Germany? Uh, I think he might be, but, but it wasn't it's not him. him. It's someone they've not. They were signed last summer, and they've not played that much. They were oh, signed wow. from Borussia Dortmund. Oh, I have no idea. Go on, Eric tell me. Durm. Eric Derm does he play for Huddersfield, Huddersfield? Yeah. bloody hell he's got like 16 appearances or something bloody hell oh Bolt oh breaking news on the podcast Bolton confirm a takeover deal is agreed with former Watford owner Lawrence Bassini how do you feel well we're going to win the Champions League next year so it's great <laughs> oh wait no we uh yeah we're going to win League One next year yeah. uh, I just hope that means that Ken Anderson buggers off <laughs> Um, it's all a favour and sod off. So, Huddersfield, okay. They, how many of those players do you think will still be playing for Huddersfield next season? How many of them do I you reckon. think uh, they've had um, uh, a four nil loss against Spurs, a four one loss against Leicester, two um, nil loss against Crystal Palace? Like it, it hasn't been easy for them. What I would say is, you can see there's sort of a. They have been playing all right. There's, there's like yeah. a method 
unfortunately they're down and when obviously when a couple of goals go in you're already relegated you're going to sort of like heads are going to drop I reckon probably about 70% of that squad will still be there next season yeah I'd say maybe Lursal might move I can see a yeah. Premier League club maybe picking him up Palace um, yeah potentially someone like that uh, who else have they got Moy he might move to a Premier League club John George, have you seen that gif of um, the Spider-Man like, cartoon where Spider-Man stood, they're like in an alleyway and there's two Spider-Man and they're like pointing at each other, like, we're the same, we're the same. That's going to be John Joe Shelby and Aaron Moy if Moy signs for Newcastle. Love it. Like, first day on the training ground. Would you have him at Newcastle? Um. Well, bearing in mind we'll lose Hayden, Diame. Possibly Shelby in the summer, I would take him. Yeah, fair. Um, um, depending on the fee, of course. But Huddersfield will milk every penny they can out of him because he is their star man. <laughs> star man, I'd say he's their man, maybe not their star <laughs> man. Um, Philip Billing? He's a bit young, isn't he? And he's not really... like he, He's got all the right attributes, but like I wouldn't say anything's been screaming, come and get me, I'm available. Yeah. Um, you know, so I worked out... So Derby, when they got 11 points, they won once and drew eight games. Who did they win against? Newcastle. Yes. So, so obviously four points one win, eight that draws. Season. That means they lost 29 games. Yeah. Huddersfield lost for the 26th time at the weekend. Yeah, and they've still got four games left so there is a possibility that they might lose more games than Derby did in that season yeah even though they've already got more points yeah because they've won three and drawn five yeah this season they have been horrific fairly shit and for me like the the team that they've got if um, if Sievert can sort of keep that main core of players together then I think they will at least put a promotion push in. I can see maybe some like German influx from like Borussia Dortmund, Svai. They're like second tier. Yeah, but they need to keep players like Punchin and. Yeah, um, I think Punchin's a good signing for them. You know what? I think Munier will tear up the championship if he wants to stay. If he wants to stay, yeah. Um, they've got like the team. The squad is like a squad that would do quite well in the championship but it's whether yeah. he's going to sort of get rid of everyone and then put it all back together um, I have the same question about Fulham really what was there the what were you listening to the other day what do you mean what were you listening which football podcast were you listening to the other day and we, you were talking oh, to me about last night um, football writers podcast and they were banging on about how Mitrovic could be like a Champions League level player and I'd nearly spat my breakfast out. <laughs> they said Mitrovic to Spurs, didn't they? Yeah. Is that something you can see happening? I think they can attract better. Definitely. I've said it before on this podcast, they go in for a top striker and they put someone that can push Harry Kane, then they turn from... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say like from a top six into a top four side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've seen as well, like statistic. I know there's there's a much smaller sample size to pick from when he doesn't play. When Kane doesn't play, they win more games. Yeah. But because of their wage structure and how he like earns his money from like playing with his appearance bonus, he's he's gonna play every game. He's fit basically. 
Yeah. Uh, which sort of hampers your team selection a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. Unless they just change the way that they pay him and they pay yeah. him. I mean, they're not going to sell him, wage. are they? You wouldn't sell him. Well, that's the question. If if Zidane comes calling with 200 million quid, is Daniel Levy going to say no? Probably not. With Bale going the other way? Mm, yeah. 31, though, Bale. Yeah, but what's his what's his physical age? Because he spent a lot of time out injured. Yeah, well, seventy. Hmm. <laughs> um, but then there's players like um, Sessegnon, uh, Ryan Sessegnon, uh, Seri. They gotta try. Uh, yeah, they'll have to offload some of the higher earners. Seri will go. I think I can't see. I imagine Sherla will have a relegation clause in his contract. Do you think? Yeah. That'll yeah. be interesting. Callum Chambers will go back to Arsenal. Um, they've just signed uh, Markovic. On loan or permanently? Uh, I think it's on loan. From Liverpool? Yes. Yeah. No, was... it's uh, it's full full, shizaz- full shizazzle. Was he signed um, in January? Yeah, free, tra- free transfer. He'll hunt Honey Perk have a um, relegation clause in his contract if he was signed in January. Fair. He's he's only made one appearance. Yeah, it tells you so. what you need to know, doesn't it? He made like thirty appearances for Liverpool in five years or something. Yeah. Um The problem is I was listening to some Fulham fans on this, uh, and they were saying that the, the the issue that they had and the problem that um that um what's his face, the Yukanovic had when he came in was that he didn't trust the players that brought him up from the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so Tom Kearney scored the goal that got them into the Premier League. Yeah. But on on the weekend, he scored his first goal of the season. And he's only established himself in the team in the latter half of the season. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like He's a player that Newcastle were looking at. Uh, I'm just getting his stats up for this season. Um, he's played he's played 25 games this season with only one goal. He was off the bench a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I, would, I would take him at Newcastle, you know. He's been linked again this week. Um, he's an interesting one because I think with a bit of time, he'll definitely um, he'll definitely settle into the Premier League a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a few players in that squad that I'm just like that they're just not going to fit in, especially defensively. I mean, Fosu Mensah has been abysmal. Championship might be his level. Tim Ream, terrible. <laughs> Like you even were saying he was shit before. He Alfie Mawson's another one. Alfie Mawson. Oh God, what's happened to him? He was like borderline England squad for the World Cup. I'm Ridiculous. Glad that didn't happen. Ridiculous. Um, and then like people like Cyrus Christie, Stephen Stephen Sessegnon haven't got a look in this year because Steve Sessegnon's quite good, you know. Yeah, they, but he, I mean they played, but, but they played last season. He had a few. He had a few caps last year in the in the championship. He was in the England under seventeen World Cup winning squad. Sergio Rico. Do you think he'll stay? Um, maybe, but again, he's not been like that great. But they're the, they're, for me, they're the kind of opposite of Huddersfield in that Huddersfield will probably manage to keep a lot of their squad and will manage to push mm-hmm. next season. Whereas Fulham are gonna, they're gonna have to rebuild. And if Scott Parker gets the job full time, he's gonna have to rebuild this squad because when you look at the, I mean, I've got the the squad list up here now, and there's so much dead wood in there. Oh, sorry, yawning. 
oh, players that aren't good enough for the Premier League. Havard Nordvite. Um, I mean, they've only got really got Mitrovic as a striker. Ryan Babel's obviously come in and done quite well. To be fair, I could see him getting a move to a, to a newly promoted club. Mm-hmm. He scored and assisted for the first time in a, in the same Premier League game at the weekend. Whatever. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good, isn't it? Now he's quick for his age. Yeah, he is. He is. Pace. Is he in his? Is he in his thirties? Yeah, I believe he's thirty-one. Is he really? I'll be able to tell you now. He's thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, nineteenth of December, nineteen eighty-six. Madness, madness. Um, so last night was a massive game in the in the bottom three battle, and it was Cardiff versus Brighton. Um, Cardiff won two nil. That then that now puts Cardiff only two points behind Brighton, but Brighton have played a game less. They're on the slippery slide though, and we've seen once you get on because like four or five weeks ago they were thirteenth. Well, their last Premier League fixtures anyway. <sighs> their last few Premier League fixtures anyway: two nil Cardiff, five nil Brighton, three nil Chelsea. Do you mean Bournemouth? Not 5 0 Brighton. Sorry, yeah, 5 0 Bournemouth. Uh, 1 0 Man City in the FA Cup. 3 0 Chelsea. 1 0 Southampton. They were very lucky to get past Millwall, as we said. Their last win came against Crystal Palace. Um, but if you look through and the games that they've. the games that they've lost against teams around them in recent weeks, Southampton. Um, you would argue Bournemouth they would be up there if they picked up a few more points especially when you're in the middle of the season they've come into their loss of form at the wrong time yeah, you worry for them because uh, apparently Shane Duffy put himself as his captain in his fancy football team this week because they've got because they had a double game week and they conceded seven goals fucking hell <laughs> Jesus yeah, so they've lost four of the last five. Cardiff have lost three of the last five. Um, Fulham have lost four of the last five. Well, obviously, them, them two are down already. Um, Brighton have the trickier run-in as well, don't they, in terms of teams you're Brighton playing? Brighton have a horrendous run-in. They have. Uh, Wolves on Saturday. They I, mean, have, I mean, that it's a good time to play Wolves. Their game, in hand, their game in hand is against Spurs next week. They have Newcastle... An informed Newcastle team the week after, but at home, and then they have Arsenal and Man City in the last two. Cardiff, Cardiff, three of their five are away. Yeah, three of their four. Three of their four are away. I so think. no, sorry, two of their four because it was three of their including uh, yesterday. Okay, go so, on away win for Cardiff. So Liverpool on Sunday, lose. Fulham the week after. Huge game, massive, massive game, and then Palace at home. I would argue an even bigger. They game. need six points from those two games, yeah. and then Man United on the last day. Yeah, if they can get six points out of twelve, I reckon Cardiff might stay up. I would fucking hate that. I love Chris Hughton, and I really don't like Neil Warnock. Yeah, the Emiliano Salah situation's turned into a bit of a fuck up, fuck up, hasn't it? Yeah, I, what I'm doing is I'm waiting until we have sort of all the uh, all the knowledge. Because at the moment it's in like dribs and drabs. Yeah. I don't really want to form an opinion until I've got all the opinions. All right, well, I'll leave that up to you when we talk about that on, the, on okay. this then. 
Um, like Cardiff wouldn't just like refuse to pay if they didn't think they had like legitimate legal grounds. They wouldn't just be like. But I just think that if he hadn't died and uh, he played at least one game for them, they wouldn't be going through this process. So yeah, you know, it's one of them. Um, just between Cardiff and Brighton now. Yes. Southampton save thirty six points. How many are Cardiff on? Thirty one. But Southampton have played a game less. I think they will be safe. But I wouldn't put bet any money on it. Newcastle, Burnley, Crystal Palace all safe as well? Yeah. Amazing. Juventus have held talks with Antonio Conte in case Massimiliano Allegri leaves the club in the summer. I'm surprised he's not been sacked already yeah, after no, last so, night. So am I. So am I. Um, Alright, so that's the bottom three taken care of, or the relegation battle. Let's have a look at the top four. So we'll start with uh, the title race, because there's not, not that much to talk about, to be honest. Um, Liverpool and Man City winning all of their games over the since we since we last spoke. Do you not think it's mental that Liverpool could get 97 points and not win the league? Yes. They're currently two points ahead of, of Manchester City. The highest points total without winning the league is 89. I would love it if they got 97 points and didn't win the league. I would actually win. So would I. My issue, and I I don't mean this to any Liverpool fans that are listening, okay? that we Because I do like Liverpool fans that I know, the majority of them. But Liverpool fans are the reason I don't want Liverpool to win the league. Like the two I was in the hairdressers with yesterday. Yeah. Describing Cardiff and Brighton as shitty clubs. It's just... It's just, like... They haven't won anything of note for, like, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Was their last major trophy of Champions League in 2005? They've won FA Cup and League Cup since, Have I they? believe. Yes. Well, they definitely won the FA Cup in 2006. Gerard scored that Yeah. Oh yeah of course And they won the League Cup When they played Cardiff in, Oh it was Yeah I think they played Cardiff or Birmingham In the final It might have been Birmingham. Oh what a powerhouse So I mean They're not really in a position To be like I mean they, Also they were fucking Seven points ahead At one point I would just like to clarify For any of our I'm yawning now. Any of our listeners that might be Liverpool fans, I'm not saying I'd wee because it's Liverpool that didn't win the league. It's just any team that gets 97 points and doesn't win the league, you just sort of got to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fair. So, City have played one game less and uh, are two points behind. So, basically, they just have to win every game and, and they win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if Liverpool lose one, Man City can aff- afford to lose two games. Mm-hmm. Which is madness. Um, are you still going for a City win? Uh, as things stand, yeah. Okay, I'm also still. I can't going remember for who win. I picked to win the league at the start of the season. Did I pick City? I think he did. I think we both picked City. Uh, do you know what I do quite like? I like how Klopp stopped playing Henderson at, at like the base of the midfield because I don't think that really suits Henderson. He's more sort of a box to box. Well, apparently he went in and asked if he could play higher up the pitch, didn't he? Yeah. Because he's never really been that sort of, like, Kante-type midfielder or that sort of deep-lying playmaker. That's not really him. Anyway. Yeah. Either start to uh, to 
for you to get your head round. This is but um the to tie in our bottom three and top six, uh, our bottom six and top six things. The Premier League's bottom three this year have played thirty-one games against the top six. Mm-hmm. How many have they won or drawn? So how many have they not lost? Yes, three. No. Two. No. One. No. Four. No. Ten. No. Am I close? No. You're getting further away. Oh. Five. No. Six. No. Seven. No. Eight. No. Nine. No. You said I was getting further away when I said ten. Yeah. Zero. Then one any. Oh. Oh. Mental. So they're not drawn any either. Because no. there's normally one, isn't there? There's normally like one result where you go like. <gasps> I yeah. suppose Newcastle beat Man City. That might be that result. Don't remind me of that. I'll have to go and cry or something. It was brilliant. What a night. Um, yeah, how mad's that? So the bottom three, as it currently stands, have not won one game against the top six this season. Which sort of shows that why Liverpool and City and that have got all those points, why they're so, there is such a huge disparity between um, Manchester United in sixth with 63 points and Leicester, who are nearly 20 points behind with 46 if Huddersfield don't win any more games and Liverpool um, get 97 points, uh, they or if City finish on 98 points, um, there will be a difference of 84 points. And 84 points is, has probably won the league before. Yeah. Do you think that's <laughs> the biggest gap between bottom yeah, and probably. second ever? It depends who won the league where Derby got 11 points. I can't remember. God, there's been some horrendous teams. There has. Um, the battle for Champions League, anyway, has hotted up in the past few weeks because, obviously, Spurs have dropped so far back that they are now competing with Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester United. Yeah, United uh, have gone on a bit of a terrible run as well. They have. They've lost uh, two of, of their last five. In all five competition, of their last seven, yeah. Which is utter madness, bearing in mind they were saying Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the saviour. Um, Chelsea have played... So this is from third to sixth. Uh, they've all played 33, apart from Chelsea who have played 34. So Spurs are in third on 67. Arsenal in fourth on 66. Chelsea in fifth on 66. And Manchester United in sixth with 64. Who's getting those other two places? There are two massive games that are going to have a massive say in the whole top six debate. One of them's on Saturday, uh-huh. which is Spurs versus City. Because if Spurs can nick a result there, then that... will be interesting because Sp- Man City Spurs is tonight in the Champions League and they play exactly the same fixture on Saturday. Um, tonight will have no bearing on that, I don't think. So it's two separate competitions. Do you not think that... Spurs, if they win and go through, go into Saturday with a bit more confidence, a bit more swagger about them? Maybe, but I don't think Pochettino's sort of naive enough to do that. Um, and then there's it's nice to have so much riding on the Manchester derby as well, which is coming yeah. up. A couple of tough fixtures for Man City. Um, I, in if terms they win of, both those games, they're Premier League champions. Yeah. Because I, that is just like the ultimate test. For me... The top four will finish Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, and then Man United, Chelsea. Okay. Oh, I have not- to say, bearing in mind, we were talking not even that long ago about Chelsea and Conte having a fucking breakdown 
right? I saw a thing the other day about, uh, sorry, yeah, Chelsea and Sarri having a breakdown. I remember reading an article last week on Sky Sports, which was like how Sarri's football is like working in the Premier League. I just it's like literally two months ago we were talking about how shit they were. I just think he's too tactically limited. They were awful at the be, weekend. To be a success. I just feel like his, he's now picking Hudson-Odoi and Loftus-Cheek and I just feel it's a bit token. I feel like Oh, Loftus-Cheek has earned his place for me on that side. Yeah, 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 completely. But he, he should have been playing ages ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I just feel that's his way of going, my job's on the line a little bit I'm going to keep the fans happy by picking these two so I've only got like the the like the the board to contend with yeah um, yeah so who would your top four be? oh do I have to? yes uh, City at Liverpool yeah oh god and then I'm going to back Spurs to finish third Okay. And then... I just think, for me, Spurs... Two losses and a draw in their last five. I just think... I'm just going to back them, I just think. I think the new stadium might have a factor to play. Uh, And then I'm going to go for... Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, because Man United don't have Europe to focus on. And Arsenal are going to that get through true. to the next round, so that's why I'm going to do that. But I'll probably be wrong. Unbelievable scenes. You here. still owe me a McDonald's, by the way, because Neil Warnock's done I his do. job. I'll buy you one on uh, tomorrow when we go up to Edinburgh. Oh, sound. Right, let's go through the fixtures this weekend. I want win, lose, draw. Okay. Yeah. Man City Spurs. I'm going to go for a score draw. I'm going to go Man City win one okay. nil. Huddersfield Watford. Uh, Watford victory. Draw. West Ham, Leicester. Ooh, that big, that big could one have for the mid table. That yeah. I'm gonna go seven goal thriller, but I'm not sure who's gonna win. Uh, I'm gonna go for Leicester. Were fucking awful last week, so I'm gonna go Leicester win. Mm-hmm. Um, Bournemouth, Fulham. Bournemouth win. I'm gonna go Bournemouth win as well. Wolves, Brighton. Draw. It's a tough one that because Wolves are not playing well. They've lost. They've not won for five games, which is like their longest run under in, in um, this season. Yeah. Um, Brighton need to win, but they're away. Or yeah, home? they are. Yeah, so that's why I've gone for a draw. Um, I'm gonna go for a Brighton win, but it's gonna be close. It's gonna be like one nil, I reckon. Uh, Newcastle Southampton another big game whoever wins that is undoubtedly safe I would say uh, I'm going to go for a draw I think uh, Newcastle at home I can only see three points for us we're well, a Newcastle fan so you have to yeah. go with that I've been realistic this season I think you've predicted a win quite often I have yeah I mean we would be in the top six yeah but um, when we've when I thought we'd lose I, I've, I've said I've said uh, Everton versus Manchester United this is Sunday's game United win. United win. It's always a bit of a... It's always a bit shit, Everton, Man United. Yeah. But I just think United might win. Yeah, yeah, United 1-0. 
another team that have been hit or miss over the last few weeks is Everton. Um, Cardiff, Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. Again, that's massive because if Brighton win, then Cardiff have to go into that game and attack. Which will suit Liverpool down to the ground. Draw. Okay. Arsenal Palace. Right, so Arsenal are playing Napoli away on Thursday. They are. And I've just got a feeling that Palace might beat them. Is that going to be your tiny tip? It is, yeah. Okay. Um, and on Monday, Chelsea versus Burnley. Do you know Burnley's 2019 form is top six? Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Chelsea win. Chelsea win. I agree. All right then. So, um, obviously we haven't done um, Zero to Hero over the past few weeks because we haven't been here. But I thought we could do a Zero to Hero of the last few weeks and we could do it. I've done it for this week. Well, we can do it for this week if you want. I'll put loads of effort into it all. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do it for this weekend then. We'll do it for this weekend. I haven't actually written anything down, so I'll just have to remind myself of what's happened. Uh, You go first with your zero nomination. So, my nominees are Huddersfield for losing their 26th game of the campaign, uh, which is terrible. Uh, I've gone for Anthony Knockhart for a disgusting tackle. Absolutely no mm. attempt to play the ball and every attempt to just hurt the person he was going for. And Brighton were losing 2-0 at the time and ended up losing 5-0. Yeah. Uh, Mike Dean for giving a penalty and then changing his penalty decision. Uh, the fourth official told Neil Warnock that Mike Dean hadn't seen it, but then when asked afterwards, he said the ball hit his head, not his hand. Weird. Um, but it's just classic Mike Dean. I've gone for Andre Gomez for a stamp on Mitrovic that he's since been banned for three games for, which could affect Everton because he's been good in midfield. Mm-hmm. T. Elements for a naughty challenge that I think he should have been sent off for. He yeah, I saw for. that, yeah. Nasty. Um, Salah for diving again. Like, he needs to stop. Yeah. It's like, it's awful. Yeah. It's, he, he never he didn't do it last year. So and, his, and his tackle last week was horrendous uh, in the portal game and Ben Foster for a howler it was awful yeah I mean, it he, wasn't great he's basically assisted a goal there and then Deeney for that ugly elbow yeah so all my so nominations who's your winner uh, my winner well I've gone for Knockart okay Anthony Knockart okay. yeah so my nominees for this week uh, are going to be Juventus for their poor showing yesterday against Ajax in the Champions League. Do you not just think the better team won? They were, Ajax were brilliant, but do you not think that Juve have a better squad than Ajax? Individually, yeah, but they've, they've been bought, haven't they? Like, would you say yeah. Ronaldo's the best fit for that team in terms of chemistry? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But they are a better team than mm-hmm. Ajax. Um, and a team that they, they bought... Ronaldo to win the Champions League yeah and they haven't so if I'd have done this after yesterday's games De Gea would be on there as well uh, yes I was going to say De Gea I was going to say De Gea for his fumble last night uh, I'm going to say Salah for his dive but my winner this week Josh Bentley is going to be you why? because Lionel Messi last night was absolutely <laughs> brilliant and 
You said at the start of the season that he was on his downward Yeah, but curve. I've since retracted that statement. Let me give you a statistic, Mr. Betley. Okay. Can I also just point out, both of the goals he scored, they gave the ball to him. Let me just give you a statistic, okay? Most goals scored against England's top six, okay, ever. Sergio Aguero, 43. Jamie Vardy, 29. Eden Hazard, 26. Lionel Messi, 24. Harry Kane, 22. Wayne Rooney, 20. Robin Van Persie, 18. The only player not to have ever played in the Premier League in that list is Lionel Messi. Yeah. Downward curve. So my loser, my not loser, sorry, unfair, my zero this week. Because for being proven once again how little football knowledge we both have, but more particularly in international football, is Mr. Josh Bettley. I've retracted that yeah. statement. <laughs> I've retracted that statement. And I'm pretty sure I said he could be at the start of his natural downward curve. Well, you've already... <laughs> Get out. I hope I win this week. You're just going to pick nearly... a terrible well, mugshot of me as it's well. Last week, I couldn't... If it's not that photo of you when you were in Spain, I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, please don't um... put that on. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, what was I going to say? Last you week, hero last time we could have, um, we could have, um, I could have pulled on the heartstrings of the listeners. By the way, we haven't even looked to see who won last time. We haven't been here, have we? No. I'll tell you. I now. didn't even know you'd put one out for last time. It was that long ago. Yeah, I can't even remember who we put out. It's getting so long on our highlights thing, and to flick to the ends taken about a year. Um. Oh, it was the Grealish attacker or Paul Tierney. So I voted for Grealish as attacker. Yeah, I imagine you'll have won that. Yes, I won that, 64%. And uh, England women's or Raheem Sterling. And it was the England women's team. That feels like that was well long ago. Yeah. Have we not had any more from then? No. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Madness. Um. Oh, no, we have. We have. We have, I just haven't put them on our highlights thing. Oh, first. Let me skip. Here we go. Um, I was going to say, because it's been, uh, it hasn't been that long. So, my zero was Gareth Southgate for his hypocritical England selection. And uh, yours was the Millwall goalkeeper for his error versus Brighton. Mm-hmm. You won that 75% to 25%. Techers. And I voted for for our hero Javier Hernandez for turning the game around against Huddersfield, and you voted for uh, Leicester City for winning against Burnley with ten men. Burnley, and you won that as well. So you won for that week. So they they yeah. played played the whole game with ten men. So my so for your zero this week, you've gone for knockout, and I've gone for you. Um. For my hero, my nominees are going to be uh, Raheem Sterling, simply because uh, he played oh, he played brilliantly uh, at the weekend, but also over the past few weeks he's been absolutely fantastic as a sort of as a role model um, for young um, young footballers across the country. I would say um, I would go for. Um, because uh, I haven't written this down, you see. 
Um, oh, I missed Paul Pogba off my zeros, and I would say Oli Gunnar Solskjaer would be in there as well as my uh, as as a couple of my nominees. Um, I would go for Liverpool to be one of my heroes over the last few weeks because they've been playing not particularly well, but they've still been winning games, which has been like it's what title winners do. Um, Unai Emery, I'm going to put in there mm-hmm. because for me, um, he's turned this Arsenal side, which was cr- heavily criticised under Arsene Wenger, into what could be a top four team, and in my opinion, deserves to be up there in, t- in terms of manager of the season, which we spoke a little bit about last night. Um, but my winner for this week is going to be Matthias Delit. Have you seen the the best headline from last Control night? Control Alt Delete. Love Brilliant. it. Um, so it's going to be uh, Matthias Delete, nineteen years old, captained Ajax to the semi final of the Champions League last night. Um, he's been absolutely brilliant this season in the Champions League. I haven't seen any Eredivisie, so I'm not I'm not going to. I'm not going to comment on that. But he has been. He is undoubtedly a rising star. Well, he's, he's the a, same age as Phil Foden. Yeah, exactly. He's a absolutely unbelievable talent, and I'm assuming we'll get a huge move in the summer. Apparently, Barcelona are after him as well. Really, De Jong and De oh, yeah. there. Madness. Madness. So mine is Delit. You just my nominees. I did mine yesterday, so I've not taken anyone from yesterday into account. Uh, Lucas Moura. Okay. For a hat trick. At the weekend, first hat trick at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yes, his first hat trick since 2012. Pogba for keeping his nerve. Two penalties under pressure, massive pressure. He didn't run up like a twat. So I know. That's why he scored. Bournemouth for a massive five-nil victory away from home, which yeah, pretty much secures one. their Premier League status. They played very well. Nathan Redmond, who I thought was quality for Southampton, he bagged a brace. Did you see the father and son thing that's been going around on Twitter no. recently? And it was like a picture of Nathan Redmond and then a picture of uh, Nuno Santo. And oh, they look exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, they do, don't <laughs> yeah. they? Deary me. Chris Wood got a brace for Burnley. Yeah. Uh, I've got a stat for you. Since he signed for Burnley, no player has scored more goals for Burnley than Chris Wood. It's not a surprise. Uh, he was a lot of money, though, wasn't he? Twenty-five million, I yeah. think, maybe. Uh, Iose Perez. Yeah, what a header! I think he's been since Christmas. I think he's potentially been your player of the season since Christmas. In terms of compared to how he played before Christmas. Okay. Okay. Uh, I won't argue with you. Raheem Sterling yet, anyway. for a. Uh, for a brace yeah. uh, although he did miss an absolute sitter he as did, well yes, he did. and for that unbelievable finish I've gone for Mo Salah as well for a brilliant goal yeah. so he's in my zeros and my heroes but my winner is Lucas Moura oh, okay. he scored that trick ok so Lucas Moura is your winner and my winner is Matthias Delit. ok actually that's brought me on to the final thing that I want to talk about today and that is Spurs' new stadium uh, are you sick of it yet? No, I think it's boss every time I play Spurs on FIFA. Is it in the is it in FIFA now? Yeah. So you can tell how long it's been since I play FIFA. Um You've been playing silly racing games. I've been playing hey, Formula One season started. I am well in on Formula One at the moment. I have to say, since uh since we haven't been doing this, I've rather 
been uh, football has rather been taken a, a back seat. I've watched loads. I pretty much watch a game every day. Yeah, I'm, uh, I need to get back on that on that height. But yeah, a little short podcast today to get us back in. Um, right, I think we're going to talk about this now because, um, and we'll we'll see what the reaction is like to see if people are interested. But we've been talking about doing something for ages. Uh, along the lines of, we really enjoyed doing the quiz episodes over the last uh, so at Christmas and we've got a couple more planned for the end of the season um, and we're going to be doing the just another football quiz and it's going to be live and it's going to be involving you guys so it's going to be like a pub quiz style thing each team's going to pay a fiver to enter we're not entirely sure when it's going to be yet but we're probably looking like not on the last weekend of the season because Josh has booked in a weekend away or something. Yeah, because it's just in case Liverpool win the league. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Oh, well, the week after, I'll be moving away if they've won the league. Um, <laughs> but maybe in the subsequent weeks after the season's finished, maybe we'll do a, like a round-up quiz mm-hmm. um, for everybody to, everybody to come along to. And we'll, uh, and we'll let you know on Instagram and Twitter and stuff how you can get involved in that sort of stuff. So... Jaff quiz is on its way. It's in the pipeline. How exciting is that? Woo! Uh, we're going to be doing it with our good friend Jorzinho on Twitter, uh, Joey Pollard, who uh, is, he is not about to have a baby, but his wife is about to have a baby. So we've had to put things on hold a little bit over the last few weeks. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be well, Are you sure they can't put the baby on hold so we can do the quiz? Is that uh, not really possible? Uh, well, you can you can ask Lauren that. I'm sure Joe will be listening to this. Joe, let us know what Lauren says about putting the baby on hold so we can do a quiz. Um, my favourite quote that Joe has ever said to me, something about, it was on my birthday, he said, happy birthday, you little, sarcastic little man. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's gonna be some... just fitting to type. Yes, definitely. Uh, but we're going to have some cool prizes, maybe some signed football shirts and uh, all that jazz. And... Uh, uh, the money, sign your Naldo shirt yeah, and try and sell it. The money that we raise is going to go to um, the food banks in Liverpool. So um, we'll keep you updated on, on how that's going and uh, how you can get involved in that. So that's cool, isn't it? But we'll be back next week after this weekend's round of fixtures, which is exciting. And uh, yeah, anything else to say? Tiny tip. Tiny tip! Fucking hell, I'm glad you keep me right, otherwise I'll be uh, finishing podcasts early every week. Palace to beat Arsenal, I want to know the... Uh... Palace to beat Arsenal. Um, for some reason, okay, Skybet is hating me at the minute. Did you put any bets on the Grand National? Um, no, because I don't bet on animal cruelty. Oh, do you not? I do. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I bet on lasagna meat instead. There was yeah. that thing on there that like horse meat ended up in lasagna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Palace to beat Arsenal nineteen to four. Yeah, we'll go for that. That looks okay. nice. There we go. Five pound seventy five if we win that. Actually, we're all right. I think um, you put a bet on a few weeks ago, which came up trumps, and I won quite a lot of money from it. To be fair, huh. I can't remember what it was, but whatever it was. I've got a few quid in my account now, so I'm all right. Uh, Anything else to say? Uh, No. Uh, So we'll be back next week with another podcast, Back to Type. uh, And, yeah, 
vote for our Zero to Heroes on Instagram and we'll see you all next week vote for my Zero to Heroes no vote <laughs> sports specific it's like the longest end to a podcast where we're just like uh, no vote for mine no vote <laughs> no, for mine no, but it's, it's like vote no for- you hang up no you hang yeah. up yeah <laughs> Oh, she hung up. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.